Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with another episode of College Prep Genius with Jean Burke. And Jean is on the line, and we are going to get started uh, with this amazing episode. Today, we're going to uh, bring you this episode that comes from Jean's arsenal of wonderful uh, sessions that she does live at homeschool conferences. And this um, is an adaptation of her conference that is Freeze Your Teenagers Until They're 23, which makes me laugh hysterically, and I wish we could do that. <laughs> Welcome, Jean. Thanks, Felice, for having me. Yeah, don't we wish we really could freeze our teens? Well, you know, and then when you thaw them out, they're very mature, you know, and <laughs> they're, you know, yeah. they're uh, godly, and they've got, you know, they're they're everything that we want them to be, right? <laughs> right. That would be wonderful. I guess that would be the dream. Um, this is podcast number 36, and you can find it at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And today we are specifically going to talk about um, – some of the C's, and Jean, you love acronyms, and we're going to talk about capture and competence. But before we get to that, Jean, um, why don't you give us some statistics? What's going on with our teens uh, today? Well, I saw a recent statistic that was very scary, uh, and it was talking about teenagers, and, you know, it it said that of the ones that they pulled, 60% of them had admitted to cheating, 28% 28% had admitted to stealing from a store. 45% had tried illegal drugs by the age of uh, the senior grade, by 12th grade. Uh, 50% of them had uh, already participated in underage drinking. Um, one in five participated in self-mutilation. And 75% of them have had intercourse by the age of 20. And by the age of 21, 85%. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. It it really is. And so that's what uh, today's uh, Competent Teens podcast is about. Uh, That's really what we're uh, gearing up uh, to talk about because we want our kids to be competent. Um, But I wanted to also uh, let everyone know that uh, Jean is an award-winning a creator of the uh, SAT prep um, information at collegeprepgenius.com where you can uh, check out all of her information there um, and also consider having her come into your town and teach uh, in person, uh, which is something I'm hoping we're going to do here um, in southwest Florida where I live. Uh, so you can find out more information about how you can do that as well. Well, Jean, we've got our two C's to cover today, and let's do the first one before we go to commercial break, and that is capture. Um, how do we capture our teens' attention? You know, um, I taught tens of thousands of students in the last 13 years on how to ACSET. So, you know, I'm with being around a lot of kids, and teachers from, you know, public school, private school, homeschool, you know, all different backgrounds. 
And, you know, I think one of the things that we have to, before we talk about, you know, how can we capture our kids' hearts, I think we have to understand what is really going on. You know, when our kids are growing up, there's so many different problems as a parent that you're always concerned about. You know, when they're a baby, you know, you're wondering if they're breathing. You know, if they're two years old, are they sticking something in the light socket? Um, and so when these kids get to the teenage years, um, so many things are going on all at once. I mean, their their bodies are changing, they're growing hair, they're growing height, their voice is changing. They tend to be very self-conscious about everything, uh, you know, clumsy, um, it's, you know, they start kind of thinking in abstract and gray. They tend to look older than they really are. And so um, I think that we have to understand that it's not just one little problem anymore. All of a sudden, everything's coming down. They start acting real crazy at times. Our hormones are going nuts. You know, I, I saw a quote that says, Teenagehood, a time in life when you show your individuality by looking like everyone else. And, you know, in, here in our society, we call an 18-year-old an adult. And as you and I know, Felice, most 18-year-olds are not adults. Right. As, as a matter of fact, the doesn't use the word teenager at all. It, it says that you're either a child or you're an adult. And I think that, to me, sometimes I think of the word teenager, and I think it's almost an excuse or a license to rebel. Oh, you know, they're just teenagers. You know, um, so I think that we have to look at our kids as really, and very often um, when they're in the teen years, they're still a child. They're not nothing in between. They really aren't. And by understanding that, we can, you know, you know, we shouldn't have a spirit of fear. You know, I know we can't do this alone. If you think about it, Mary wasn't a perfect mom. She just had a perfect kid. And, you know, we're all, we're all flawed. And we're all going to mess up today and blow it today and blow it tomorrow and, God doesn't call the holy, you know, he makes the holy he calls. And so I think that when we're thinking about our teenagers, whether, you know, you're, you're, you may have a student who, you, and you may have to recapture their heart. Sometimes how do we capture or even recapture um, their heart? And so think of a teenager as and more of, it's a time, you know, when you give them responsibility, but you don't trust them. And, you know, I think that can help put it more into perspective. But, yeah. Capturing their heart, seeking. We as parents need to seek their heart over everything else. Seek their relationship, you know, whether it's over over everything else, and listen to their heartbeat and know um, that it must come to know. We first have to know our own heart first. I think sometimes, you know, we're always coming down with a kid and we're always, you know, talking about what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. Um, but let's, as parents, first of all, look at our own heart. That's where the journey really should start. Now, again, figuring out our own hearts may seem a bit daunting, um, but, but Luke 6.45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up for his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So for us as understand the heart, of our teens and to capture those hearts, uh, we have to ask God first to reveal our own heart because the way we reach a teenager is through our words and our actions that we speak every day, that we that we do every day. It's so important, vitally important that we are checking what's coming out of our own self. Uh, Psalm 139, 1 and 2, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. 
You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm, I'm far, far away. So, uh, again, instead of, you know, looking at them, we, if we can examine ourselves first, we might see that maybe we are portraying some actions that we, you know, are saying, don't do this, yet we're doing it. It's, it's like when I do the, the teens and technology, you know, and, and I talk about how, you know, we can't sit there and tell our teenagers, don't be on the phone or the computer four or five or six hours a day when we're on the phone four or five, six hours a day. It's, it, it doesn't mirror what we want from them. And, you know, kids look at us. I mean, obviously the saying, actions speak thousand words, is so true, especially when it comes to our teenagers. And so I just want to just encourage parents um, that every day, every morning, you know, seek, when you're seeking the Lord, when you're praying, when you're saying, God, sh you know, reveal my heart. What, it, what is it? Creating me a clean heart. What is it that's in my heart that literally could drive my teen from you because they're seeing me do it, do it or they're not seeing me do it? And, you know, I remember a time there was a, there was a guy, he spoke to his congregation uh, and um, he was speaking to teenagers. He was a youth pastor is what he was. And he said to the teenagers, I want you to write down your mom's passion. What is her passion? And so the teenagers wrote things down like sewing or gardening or whatever it was. And he looked at those, and he didn't find anybody who said Christ was their mom's passion. And so the guy quit being a youth pastor and went to go minister to the adults because he said, you know what, something's not right. You know, our kids should be saying that Christ is their passion. And if he's their passion, then that's going to draw them, you know, to, to him, I, I read a great article called, it was written by a teenager, Why Teens Need Theology. And it said, it talked about not only studying God's word, uh, equip them to do right, Zechariah 8.16, because God mm -hmm. hates evil, uh, but it talks about studying the word because it gives a foundation. And Nehemiah, uh, had, you know, God loves his people unconditionally. And then not only... Studying God's word, it brings holiness and it reveals his purpose for us because God hates sin and he wants us to be set apart. And then it talked about, you know, just studying the word of God gives sovereignty, uh, you know, over this cultural confusion that we're in for these kids. Acts 2.23, uh, knowing the attributes of God and that he's in total control. Even even when we look around, we see all this trans this and trans that, and it doesn't matter, and, you know, nobody's different, and everybody's the same. So the kids today are so confused. And um, they're, it's like, uh, you know, a cruel board game going on out there, you know, Mark ten eighteen, you know, how things are not fair out there uh, for these kids. So I think that it's really, really important that we as parents you know, our heart is captured by God so that we can capture their heart. You know, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For it's, you know, it is what brings the wellspring of life. Or all issues flow from it. And that's restated over and over and over again in the Bible. And, you know, our teenagers, our kids, they can't go to college or go to the military or leave home and go to a career, you know, on our faith. They have to have their own testimonial, testimonial faith uh, so that when they do enter in the world full-time or they leave the home, um, that they're going to be able to answer for the, for the hope that is within them. So I, main thing, parents, just 
check your own heart first. You know, we are all flawed. We are all sinful. And I think if we can get our um, heart right, at least it's not going to be perfect. We know that. But if we can get it on the right track, I think our teenagers, you know, they're they're watching us. They're looking at that. And I think that that's going to cause them or, or point them in the right direction because we're not talking out of two sides of our mouth and saying, do one thing, yet we're doing another. Right, and I, th- I think that's great information. Well, Jane, we're going to take a really quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll continue on. We'll be right back. Are you a student athlete, one that hopes to play a college sport? Are you concerned about scholarship opportunities or perhaps getting a high enough score on the standardized tests like the SAT so that you can accept that full ride? Well, I've got some great news. Jean Burke has authored a course, College Prep Genius, that's sure to help you. In her course, which you can complete from the comfort of your own home, Jean goes into a step-by-step process on how to ace the SAT and increase your score, even if you've already taken the test. Don't wait. College Prep Genius is here for you. Use the short code bit.ly forward slash college prep genius to learn more. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash college prep genius. Don't wait. Scholarships are out there just waiting for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is an episode of College Prep Genius with Jean Burke on the line. And uh, today we are talking about competent teens, and this is podcast 36. You can find the show notes at uh, collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about are some of the seeds for competent teens, and one of them is capturing uh, their hearts, which I think you did a great job of talking about before commercial break, Gene. And now we're going to talk about competence, um, you know, being competent, which is something uh, that we would love to see that our, our teens are full of. You know, competence is one of those things, when you think about a teenager, the, the trust factor, especially nowadays, I mean, there's so much going on out there, so much junk that our, our kids are inundated with. Never before in history um, have our kids been faced uh, with so much um, inappropriate, unethical things going on, and it's at the touch of their hand. It's in their fingertips. It's in their phone. You know, it's it's, it's in their ears when they're listening to music. It's in the... Um, the computer, it's on the television, it's it's everywhere, and you and, and you can't escape it uh, if you are you know tied, especially if you're tied to a device like a phone or an iPad. And so I think that it's really easy as parents um, to you know oftentimes not have that confidence in our kids or not have that trust. And you know before I wrote uh, some of the information that I wrote uh, for this speech. You know, I pulled both my kids, you know, they're both um, ex-teenagers, and uh, I just said, you know, you know, I know as a parent, you know, we, we made a, a million mistakes, <laughs> or a billion, and um, I said, <laughs> and I know that, I, so I said, you know, what are some of the, some of the things we did right and, and some of the things that we did wrong, and, you know, because you're, you're, you're not that far from being a teenager, and uh, you're far enough along that you're an adult now, and so... 
my daughter was very, very keen, and she said, you know, Mom, uh, one thing as a parent, I think she says, is that, you know, your kids don't automatically assume that they're into trouble. Don't automatically assume that if they're acting a little out of the norm that they're automatically doing drugs or something. She said, I mean, they might be, and that oftentimes is a sign, but don't automatically assume it because she said, you know, so many things are going on and um, in your um, in their body, in their mind, and outwardly, you know, they, they've never ever before been so uh, worried about what people think of them. And so it's something other that you need to, to take as a whole. You know, trust trust is a two-way street. You know, both parent and or teenager can tr- break each other's trust. So it, it, it goes either way. But, you know, trust is that pathway to greater freedom and greater independence. Um, so one thing my daughter says, Mom, number one, as a parent, teach your kids, first of all, to trust God. I mean, we can't trust him for them, but teach them to trust him. And that, as a, as a homeschooling parent, I know for us, you know, that was starting when they were little. And we, when you prayed about certain things with them, and they learned to trust God by praying about everything. And and um, they saw that as they grew, they started their own prayer life. And then teach your teenagers to trust you as the parent. Trust Trust me, you know, they might not necessarily agree with you, they might not necessarily like what you're talking about, but if they can trust you, and if you've never broken that trust, uh, and they they have that, that history with you, they know that they can trust you, and then third of all, she said, Mom, teach your teenagers to trust God for you. In other words, if you know, if if you are wrong, you know, teach your kids that the Holy Spirit lives in you, and if, if I'm wrong, you know, he's going to deal with me. So if, if if I've given them, you know, an answer that they don't necessarily agree with, they have that trust in God, that foundation that they can pray and trust God for you as a parent that you, that he is going to deal with your heart if you are in the wrong. And so I think that, you know, we obviously as, as parents can trust the Holy Spirit that lives in them, but Mm-hmm. Allow them that they can also pray for us too. You know, hey, I could be wrong. I may be wrong, and if I am, you know, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to, um, you know, uh, go back on my, I mean, go back and say I'm sorry and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I admit it. I, I, I blew it there. So I think that's really important. Um, one of the things I have to tell you, and and this is this is what our family did, and I know every family is different, but. I, I think our kids learned to, that they could trust us because we were always going to tell them the truth. We were going to shoot it to them straight. They knew that. We saw that from the very, very beginning when we chose to tell our children, hey, there, there is no Santa Claus. You know, Christmas is because of Christ who came, gave his life for us, and we take that time to celebrate the gift that he gave, which was himself. Now, and I would tell my kids, i say, you know, there are a lot of people who don't believe that, and their parents, you know, have told them that there is a Santa Claus, but it's not your job to tell them that there's not one. That's their parents. The parents mm-hmm. are going to have to ultimately come up and confess that, you know what, yeah, we didn't tell the truth. And it was so funny because, you know, so at Christmas time, you know, my kids sat around and they looked at the presents, and they just thought, wow, they're not from Santa, so we're not excited. Of course not. No, they didn't care. You know what? Who got credit for the presents? The dad who worked really hard at his job to make the money to um, to pay for those gifts. And so 
I, I think that it didn't take away from the excitement of Christmas, not one iota. And I never, we never had to back paddle and say, well, yeah, there really wasn't one. We lied. Sorry. It's a game or whatever, you know, oftentimes we as parents might say. And so, and we did that, you know, with the, with the other things, whether it was Easter Bunny or, or whatever. And so I think our kids always knew. They knew we were always going um, to tell them the truth. So we established that foundation from, from, from the very beginning. Um, you know, our kids, this is a difficult time for them. It's the first time they've ever been so insecure, you know, with new desires. And they're needing to figure this out. So, again, be very careful. Don't don't jump to too many conclusions if you do see a little acting out. They are a little crazy, you know, during this time. I think that we have to, you know, see who they are and who they're becoming and uh, just being consistent in the truth, I think, is really, really important. Now, one of the things right. my daughter told me, and this is something that was really interesting. And, you know, as a parent, you always look back and think, oh, shoot, I blew it in that area too. Um, my daughter said, Mom, there's something that I really need to tell you. You know, when she was about 11 or 12, she was going through a difficult time. She, Her best friend at the time was kind of starting to get into trouble. And they were from our church, but they weren't um, – they didn't necessarily have the same level of uh, uh, foundation of belief that we had as far as in our home, you know, what we allowed and didn't allow as far as, like, television shows and music and various things. And, and their home was different because they did allow things that we didn't agree with. And so that was kind of starting to rub off on my daughter a bit. My, my daughter started taking on a little bit of an attitude. And – me being a quote unquote well meaning mom i cons- i um consulted uh, with some of my good friends who had kids about the same age, shared with them what my daughter was going through um and you know how sometimes we we um homeschool parents have a really great relationship sometimes we often tell our kids the things we shouldn't do or sh- shouldn't say and and evidently some of the moms confided in their children saying, well you know she's her daughter's having a hard time in this area, dot, 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 and it got back to my daughter. Well, you know, this is this was a part of a broken trust because here I am disclosing personal information that ultimately got, got back to my daughter. And so as a parent, I just encourage you not to share air your dirty laundry with people that you know because oftentimes it's going to come out, it's going to come back, and then it's going to, you know, you know, look look bad upon you. Even no matter how well intended, how your intentions were, how good intended they were, um, it just happens. And so, if there are things going on, if there are issues, you definitely want to get an outside mentor. You know, someone who doesn't know your child, who doesn't know what's going on, who, who there's you know there's no chance that they're going to come back and it's going to come back to your child. And so, I think that that's really important. It's not that you have a perfect family and you're acting like you have a perfect family. You know, people often say to me, well, you and Jim have a great relationship. Gosh, nothing's, y'all have, you're awesome. And I'm like, you know, we just don't air our dirty laundry or our clean laundry. I think mm-hmm. that's the difference. And so as a parent of a teen, be very cognizant of them, how sensitive they are. And it, it can break that confidence that you they have in you. It can break that trust. You know, Proverbs 15:22, Proverbs 13:10 says, you know, seek wise counsel. And if you, and, and there are going to be times that you do need wise counsel. It's really important, um, but just be careful who you disclose it to. You know, our home um, is a safe environment. 
it's, it's very important. And I, and, it, and I think we don't do it. We do it with good intentions. It, it's not that we're gossiping about our children. We're just sharing some situations, especially if they have kids around the same age, because you kind of want to know are their kids going through it as well. Um, and so I think that we have to enter it in with um, you know, being able to be careful who, who we talk to. We, right. you know, if we mess up, you know, we certainly want to come to them, but I think we want our kids to know that they can always come to us, that they can always, you know, share personal information. They can always share things um, that they're going through or they're thinking or that they've done, and we want them to be able to do that. You know, you know, you know how difficult it is once you've broken trust is um, to really rebuild it again. So uh, very important. And I think, too, also, it's for, I'm sorry. No, I said it is. It is. It, it, it is, it is. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, I think as, as, as a parent, especially of teenagers, is, you know, establishing your family house rules. That's very important um, because, again, if, if something like a curfew or something like the media or devices, if, you, know, it, you know, if it's out there, you need to make sure that this is a, these are the rules, and if you break them, you know, there, there are definitely consequences. And there's safety in that as well. Like we talked about on my teens and technology program, you know, we talked about how very, very, very important that any screens, whether it's a computer, whether it's a, t- a cell phone, whether it's um, a video game, that those are out in the open um, for, for the whole family. It's it's something that we we don't want to be um, put our kids in a, in a situation, you know, where they're going they're going to fall. So it's very important that they're that for their own protection that everybody knows what's going on. You know, privacy, and I'm a big believer that the privacy, you know, this teenagers need a privacy uh, thing is just baloney. No, they don't. This is your house. You've paid for this home. Teenagers do not need privacy. Teenagers need protection. And privacy can only get them into trouble. Um, so if you don't know their passwords and you don't know how to get into any of their social media or you don't know who they're talking to and all, then that's a huge red flag. So be very cognizant because, um, you know, your flesh will lie to you. You know, mm-hmm. ever, you know, you're, we're all human. And so you can right. trust your teenagers, but don't trust their flesh. And, right. um, and of course, the more, you know, obviously the more trust becomes the more independence, becomes the more responsibility that they have, whether it's, you know, sometimes teenagers, you know, give them a little bit of trust. Maybe it's just learning to drive, and they drive to the str- down the street to the store. And the next time they drive a little bit further to the mall, and the next time they go a little further. So trust is something that's built upon, that you give them a little bit of freedom, a little bit of responsibility, and then when they can handle that, you give them a little bit more. Maybe it's babysitting a sibling uh, for the first time. So um, it's very important, being, being accountable. Sometimes our kids, you know, may, maybe make an appointment. You know, like, okay, you want to go get your driver's license and you need to call the DMV, you need to set an appointment. You know, kind of give that to them as well. Be able, you know, to trust the Holy Spirit in them. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end this on this one thing um, regarding my daughter. I, do, I love my daughter. She's, she's amazing. She's just the most incredible person. And, and, and God's grace, I, I will have to say that. You know, God, you know, we always pray that God would give his kids better than us, you know, and, and, right. and he has. And, and, you know, my daughter, as a young girl, would say things to me like, Mom, so-and-so's mom doesn't like me. And I would look at her and go, oh, my gosh, how can you say that? that I, just, I just can't believe you said that. And she made statements like that several times over the years. 
And I would just really get frustrated with her and get upset with her. And I couldn't believe she would say things like that. Well, ultimately, it ultimately all ended up being true. And so the Lord had given her this spirit of discernment. Now, her, her dad has something very similar as well. But I didn't I, – I looked at my little child and was more angry with her that she would say things like that as opposed to trusting what she was saying. And mm-hmm. what, I sh- what I should have done is I really should have said, what makes you think that? Let me, let me pray about that. Can I, you know, instead of automatically assuming because she was a child that she had no idea what she was talking about. Um, and, you know, later, obviously, you know, I, I, I said, I'm sorry, you know, you were right. I can't believe that. But I took it more of her age and who she was. And, and, and I should have looked at, the, at her as a whole of, wow, she's not a rebellious person. She doesn't speak bad about people as, a, as in general, that, but in this one area, she's giving me some information that to me doesn't seem right, but it doesn't mean that it's not necessarily true. And so I think that as a parent, um, listen to your kids because they may be saying something other um, that just seems so far-fetched, but yet we may not know what's going on. We don't, may not know the foundation. And so right. we, we should and not automatically... Yeah, don't automatically um, blow it off. Uh, research it further, and I think right. as you do that, and I had, you know, now looking back on it, I, you know, had I said, "Wow, let me, I want to pray about this, and I want to know what's going on," I think that could have built the trust uh, element further in our in our relationship, especially when she was going through a difficult time. And then these, literally, the women that she talked about, and some of the things that she said. Not only did I find out they were true, but their their children who were her age were just really being, you know, they there was so much jealousy from their parents, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter being their friend, and they were just so jealous of my daughter and because their daughters were either mean or they weren't very popular or whatever, and for whatever reason it was, but it didn't matter. But the point of the matter is I didn't I didn't trust her. I didn't believe her. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that she was an untrustworthy person. It's just that I, I, I couldn't believe that a child and a young young teenager could tell me things like that. Uh, but now I know better. And so that's why right. I'm encouraging parents is, you know, listen to them because they could really be saying something. Keep that confidence and that trust going between both of you because it is a two-way street and it can be broken either way. But the wonderful thing, too, is that as parents we can say we're sorry. A very similar situation happened to me, but it was, my children making statements like when I would say, why don't you have so-and-so over? And they would say things like, they are not my friend. And being homeschoolers, we want to explain, well, of course, everybody's your friend. You should be friendly and you should be nice and blah, blah, blah. And then later, and this is like years later, a situation happened, um, you know, and and my kids said to me, now do you understand what that means? Because my kids would not elaborate because they didn't want to, you know, because these kids were not their friends, quote, unquote, you know, they didn't feel obligated to share with me some things that they witnessed or that these kids were doing, which really was none of my business because we didn't really travel in the same circles because my kids didn't want to have them over. So it was interesting to me later to find out that they did have discernment um, they may not have known everything that was going on, but the little bit they did know, they chose wisely. And maybe they didn't phrase it as perfectly as I would have liked, 
you know, and explained a little bit more. You know, Mom, the reason I'm not friends with them is because of such and so. Um, you know, it, it and it was because they they wanted to preserve that person's integrity in my eyes, and it wasn't right for us to judge because it wasn't our deal. And that's the thing, Jean, that we have a hard time with too is understanding our family is is who we need to hone in and concentrate on, and we cannot solve you know, um, the world's problems and make everybody happy. And I think that when we talk about, you know, the topics we've talked about today, capturing their hearts and helping them to be competent, uh, trusting them, as you explained, in little degrees, giving them some opportunity to succeed instead of to fail. Sometimes, don't you think, we set up our kids for failure. And um, oh, yeah, we really yeah. have to be careful of that. So... Um, did you want to add any last words um, as we're ending up here? Because we are out of time. You know, these kids don't really come with instructions. <laughs> I mean, we do, we do have the Word of God. I don't mean that. But, right. you know, wouldn't it be great if it was like a step-by-step, okay, now, okay, when they're this age, do this, when they're this age, do that. So, you know, I think that one of the things as parents, uh, whether you're homeschooling parent or not, you know, we, we can glean from other families, other situations, and sometimes it's just just what we need to hear. So definitely listen to your other friends who maybe have had teenagers and who mm-hmm. have been through some situations and, and not necessarily get specifics about their child because that's not what we want to do, but maybe just listen to say, hey, what would you what would you have done different? Or... What would you consider your your the the greatest thing that you did when your child was going through the teen years? So I think that's really important. And we had that, uh, you know, that circle of friends that you know that we know of and that we can really, you know, uh, be able to just ask them. And I think they're willing to give you advice. Some people are willing to say, "Yep, I blew it there. So here's what not to do." You know, so right, hopefully right. that will help. Very good. Very good. Okay, Jean, well, thank you so much. You guys, uh, the, the notes are on Podcast 36, Competent Teens, um, and you can find it there and visit Jean at collegeprepgenius.com. Uh, we'll continue on with this broadcast uh, next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information, and we'll see you soon.